High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. If you will this morning, uh, I'm going to have you turn to Ephesians 6, uh, verse 10. We're going to share some things. As you know, we started a... uh, series of Pastor Joshua started it this past Sunday on the weapons of our warfare. How many of you know that spiritual warfare is something that is real? How many of you know there's a real devil? Right? You know, Peter said we wrestle not with, I mean, excuse me, he said that, know you not that our adversary, the devil, our adversary, the devil, everybody's looked at somebody and say, the devil is your enemy. And then look at somebody and say, I am not your enemy. Praise the Lord. On every spouse to look at each other and say, I am not your enemy. Your adversary, the devil. Be sober, be vigilant for your adversary, the devil. Doesn't say that your adversary are people. As a matter of fact, there's nowhere that you really find specifically in the New Testament where it speaks of people as far as individuals as your enemy. But we do have to recognize that who we are fighting against is not individuals. We are fighting against, not against flesh and blood, as Paul said in Ephesians 6, we'll read in just a minute, but we are wrestling against principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in the heavenly realms. Now here's the good news. It is a fixed fight. The fight has already been fixed. Before you even enter into the ring, you've already been declared the winner Jesus' blood and his power and his anointing have already declared that you are the winner. It's a fixed fight. The reality is the only reason that we don't win and the only reason we don't see victory in our lives is because we are not stepping into the ring and engaging our enemy. But I assure you of this, if you will engage the enemy, you will surely at the end of the day have your foot on his neck. The Bible says Judah will have her foot on the neck of her enemies. Praise God. Amen. There's a whole revelation in that that I won't get to be able to preach today. But we have to understand that the weapons of our warfare, as Paul said, they are not carnal. Everybody say they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ goes on to say, bringing every thought into captivity. And so we have to understand that there is a real warfare that is going on. There is spiritual warfare. That is not a weird thing. We just have to recognize that there are demons. There are the forces of darkness, the forces of hell that I understand that many times people will give way to, they will allow those things to work through them, but they still, at the end of the day, are not our enemy. Those are the people that Jesus died for. And we believe that God is going to bring deliverance to them, but also understand this, you have authority, you have a power over all the works of hell, over all the works of darkness, amen? And so whenever you begin to realize that, you don't walk in fear, you don't walk... In a a way that you are villainizing other people, you recognize the source of your adversity, and it's not coming from the Lord, it's not coming from people, it's coming from the devil. Now, uh, I want to read a verse of Scripture, if you could put it up here on the screen, Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to start with verse 26, because I was, as I was praying and meditating this morning, the Lord, and we'll try to get to our notes if we can, 
I'm going to use the letter method of preaching this morning. I'm going to open her up and let her fly. Hallelujah. But uh, I believe the Lord wants to speak some things to us to encourage us and to help us understand that there are things that we must begin to engage in. There are some things that we must begin to do to see the kingdoms of darkness, the forces of hell that are waging even in this hour and this day. We see it manifested in the natural but understand, just because you see it manifesting in the natural does not mean the natural means or the natural uh, uh, channels that they are coming through is necessarily the enemy itself. You have to understand, listen, if you fight wrong, you will never win. If you're fighting the wrong things, you will never win. And there are many people, they don't experience victory because they have targeted the wrong thing. They're like people that are just swinging their fists in the air and they're doing nothing more than shadow boxing. Listen, I want every punch I throw to hit the target because if I hit the target, I am I'm assured victory, right? But if I'm just waving my hands and I'm in the air and not targeting the right thing, then I'm going to end up losing at the end of the day. I'm not going to see victory. Listen, as the... Uh, the Senior leader of this church, let me say this. It is my desire to see that every individual here within this church, I want to see you walk in victory every day of your life because God's designed it that way. Amen? I believe Pastor Joshua shared on that last week. See, God has not designed you to experience defeat and destruction or despair. He has designed you to experience his victory and his triumph. Hallelujah. Amen? And so... Uh, in, in, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have what? Everybody shout dominion. How many know God's called you to have dominion? Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. If it's creepy, God has called you to have dominion over it. Amen. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Let me just pause here because I can't read this verse of scripture without saying this. Uh, God did it right in the beginning. How do we know God created male and female? He settled all the gender questions right at that moment at creation. He created them male and female. I said he created them male and female. He created them boys and girls. He didn't create it's. And he didn't create confusion. He made it very apparent. I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just letting you know what the Bible says, right? He created them male and female. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28, then God blessed them and God said to them what? This is God's first commission to man. Be fruitful and multiply. And by the way, just so you know, the only way that people can be fruitful and multiply is it requires a man and a woman to do that. I know it's not popular to say today, but it's the Bible. And by the way, it's not only Bible, it's biologically true, right? It takes a man and a woman. That's the only way. Be fruitful and multiply. What's he saying? The man and the woman that I have created, I want you to get together. All the men ought to be shouting right now. And all you ladies ought to be shouting right now. I, I'm going to get right down to it. What God says is you, you're to have some intimacy between you. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Y'all looking at me like, what are you talking about? I, I, there, listen, there is no, there's no veiled speech going on here, right? No, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Fill the earth and do what to it? 
subdue it. And then he says again, have what? Dominion. Notice he says, subdue the earth and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, I, the reason I wanted to share that is because this is the very first original commissioning that God gives to man. The very first thing, after he creates Adam, he says, Adam, I have created you for this purpose. And what I want you to do is I want you to be fruitful and multiply. That means man and woman, you get together and you have a family. And also, as part of your commission, I'm giving you this charge that you're to have dominion and you're to subdue. Let me say it like this. One of God's first commissionings to men and women, to families, is that we are to enter and engage in spiritual warfare and subdue every force of darkness, every enemy that comes against the gospel. Hallelujah. Every enemy that is there to stand against the kingdom of God. Well, what is the enemy? Again, the enemy is not people. The enemy is the forces of darkness that Paul talks about in Ephesians 6. We'll read about it in just a minute. I've already quoted it, but it's principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. It's spiritual wickedness in the heavenly realms. That is what we are fighting with. And so what God does, he creates Adam and Eve. He, and think about this, God creates this perfect environment, absolutely perfect environment. He creates a garden, creates a place where he places man, places woman. He gives him this commissioning and it's a beautiful place. And he said, the only thing you need to do is, you know, you, you need to work the garden, make sure that you're productive, you're doing these things. And also don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so Adam and Eve are having fellowship with the Lord. I want everybody to hear this. Adam and Eve had daily fellowship with the Lord. Let me say it another way. Adam and Eve were experiencing the presence of God on a daily basis. Adam and Eve were actually having revival on a daily basis. Listen, you can't have any more revival than to be right there standing with the Lord on a daily basis. God's coming down and walking with them in the cool of the evening. They're having face-to-face -face conversation with the Lord on a regular basis. However, I want you to hear this. Even with daily fellowship, even with daily communion, even living in a state of revival, Adam and Eve still fell. Adam and Eve still sinned. And I want to present this to you this morning, that the reason that Adam and Eve sinned, the reason that Adam and Eve fell, wasn't because of a lack of intimacy with the Lord. Because a lot of times what people say, well, you know what, if you just, it's, if, it's just about Jesus. All you got to do is just spend more time with Jesus, and that's going to cause these things to happen. My friend, and please hear how I'm saying this, I'm all about revival. I'm all about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Anybody that knows me for any length of time knows that that's what I'm all about. But understand this, revival and an outpouring by itself will not get the job done if you're not doing what God told you to do originally. Right? So what caused them to fall wasn't their lack of intimacy. It wasn't a lack of spending time with the Lord. What caused them to fall was this. They were not doing what God originally told them to do, and that was this, to take dominion over every creeping thing. Because there were creeping things called serpents. Are you following what I'm saying? 
See, the reality is this. Man fell all because he didn't enter into a place of warfare against the enemy of their soul that had come in to invade their home, to invade their territory. My friend, God is wanting to the church to rise up in this day and this hour. That commission is still for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ today. And that is this. you got to rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost, take up your weapons of warfare, and you begin to enter into that dimension of warfare, and you begin to subdue the kingdoms of darkness and the kingdoms of this world. Can everybody say amen? Well, you're going to have to use spiritual weapons. Listen, you cannot defeat a spiritual enemy with natural weapons. I'm going to say it again. You cannot defeat a spiritual enemy with natural weapons. Now, I want to qualify this to let everybody know, I do thank God that we have a defense system here in the United States of America. I'm very thankful for our Air Force. Are y'all thankful for our Air Force? And there's nothing wrong, and there's, I could give you a dozen different biblical scriptures for that. Thank God for our military. Thank God for all of that. And they are there to defend uh, this great nation, the people of this great nation. And so understand whenever people allow devils to work through them, and they decide they're going to be aggressors, and they're going to do things that would cause uh, the cessation of freedom and liberties and things. Yes, thank God for our military that's able to rise up in those situations and say, no, you're not going to. And you have to fight in the natural. But understand this, the, the, the place where you have authority, the place where you as a believer can actually see victory and triumph is not necessarily because there's probably nobody in here. There might be. We Maybe we have a, a, uh, a, a pilot here that, uh, as far as a, a fighter pilot, I don't know, let's see, uh, uh, Paul Grigno, he, he was at one time. He's not here this morning. But for the, the reality is I, I can't just go down to Tyndall Air Force Base and hop in an F-22 and take off or a F-35 or whatever it is, right? And, you know, you can't go. Uh, uh, Andy here, he works at, is it Fort Rucker? Is that where you're at? They have tanks out there. They have copters. Uh, you know, he can't, you don't fly, do you? Okay, so he can't go hop in a helicopter and go find an enemy and start shooting, okay? He's not authorized to do that. The point that I'm trying to say in all this is the, rea the vast, vast majority of believers, we don't have authority as far as in the natural to do so many things. But listen, you've got authority in the spirit. Let me say it like this. You've got authority where it counts. Because if you begin to pull things down in the spirit, then it changes everything that you're looking at in the natural. Are you following what I'm saying? See, if we begin to realize that we're really fighting against devils and demons and principalities and powers and begin to engage them, we'll see a difference in our community. We'll see a difference in our state. We'll see a difference in our nation. Because hear this, every problem within our nation today, it goes back to a heart problem that is actually being controlled by demons, by demonic forces. Now, I'm not saying that everything is a demon. There's flesh and there's all sorts of things, and we don't have time to dig into every bit of it. But what I'm trying to tell you is this, what Paul specifically identifies as our enemy is what we must begin to fight against. So in verse 10 of Ephesians 6, he says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the strategies of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Please underline that or write it down. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Just so everybody knows, we started this church, Pastor Stacey and I started this church over 26 years ago. And by the way, 
I'm not preaching anything any different than I was preaching 26 years ago. And there are people that are here that can tell you the same thing that have been here for the entire duration. Pastor Paul's been here. My mom and dad have been here. A lot of people, you know, well, you know, some people have... Uh, Praise the Lord, stood the test of time, still here all through these years. But the reality is I'm not saying anything any different than I've always said. And that is this, people are not your enemy. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. You're not wrestling. See, the moment that the enemy can cause you to begin to look at other individuals as your enemies is the moment that you're going to lose in the battle. The moment that you begin to identify somebody as the villain Understand this, when you begin to identify somebody as a villain, what ends up happening as a result of that is you keep them in a position where you will never be able to see them as how God desires them to be. And so you actually cause them to be boxed in, in your mind, to one place. And please understand this, God wants us to unbox individuals. Well, thank you for that overwhelming response. I'm getting into a whole other subject here. But the reality is this. If we don't fight right, we're not going to win. If we don't fight the right thing, then we're not going to win. And he goes on to say, Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, do what? Keep standing. Having done all to stand, you just keep on standing. See, many believers today are getting caught up in fighting the wrong things. And they get caught up in fighting in the wrong manner. And this results in nothing but frustration and disappointment in their life. Why? Because they're engaging in the wrong warfare. They're looking at the wrong things. Their eyes are fixed on the wrong uh, elements. Many people lose hope because they fight in the wrong way, and they end up seeing no breakthrough. And then as a result of that, they begin to point their finger and begin to blame God for the situation that they may be in. But listen, I want you to adjust whatever needs to be adjusted in your life today so that you can begin to fight in the right way, begin to target the right thing, and see victory and triumph in every realm and every arena of your life. How many of you want to see victory in every arena of your life? Well, the only way that we're going to do it is we're going to have to target the right things. Amen? You see, whenever two spouses, if they begin to look at each other as enemy, what happens is their relationship begins to degradate. The next thing you know, they're fighting, they're fussing, and then they're in my office or Pastor Joshua's office or they're at a counselor somewhere and they can't get along. And it's usually because somewhere along the line, they've made each other the enemy. They have villainized one another. And understand this, you can't have a successful relationship as long as you're villainizing the people that you're supposed to be loving. Right? You're fighting in the wrong way. You're fighting in the wrong manner. You're looking at the wrong thing. And many times, this is not an unusual problem. It is not an unusual situation that I see today with many Christians. They're looking at the wrong things. And I believe that the Lord wants us to get our eyes on the right thing. Amen? First of all, we need to get our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. But then also, whenever it comes to spiritual warfare, we're targeting the right thing. You never hit the target if you don't target the right thing. We'll never see victory. We'll never see breakthrough if we're fighting in the wrong thing and in the wrong way. And again, Paul identifies specifically who we are fighting against. Listen, your neighbors are not listed in the lineup. Did you notice that when you read that passage of Scripture? Your neighbors are not represented there. For we do not wrestle against whatever, but against principalities and against your neighbors and against people that don't think the way that you think, against people that don't believe the way that you believe, the people that are really messed up and jacked up, 
My friend, those are the people we're actually sent to to rescue from the powers of darkness. Are y'all understanding this? The people that are thinking wrong, that's the reason you're here on this earth. We are wrestling, we are fighting, we are warring against real devils and demons that actually seek to blind the eyes of them that do not believe. And so that's who we are fighting against. And listen, we will never be able to really be an example of Jesus as long as we keep trying to fight people rather than fight devils. Amen? And so people, your neighbors, they're not listed in the lineup. I don't care what they're doing. Look, listen, the fact of the matter is we live in a jacked up world today. There's a lot of people doing a lot of crazy things. There's a lot of people doing a lot. They're saying a lot of crazy things. You, you can't get on Facebook for five minutes and scroll through your feed and not find at least one crazy thing, right? How many of you would agree with that statement right there? You just scroll through your feed and you are, you are sure to find somebody saying something that is just out there. You just know automatically the moment that you read it, not because you think something different, because you know that's, that's not even in agreement with God's word whatsoever. That is so far removed from what God has said. And so there's people, we, we live in a world that's messed up. Do we need revival? Absolutely, we need revival. But can I tell you this? We also need some people that will rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost, take up the armor of God, and enter into warfare and begin to bind and break off the powers of hell and darkness off of people's lives, off of communities, off of areas, off of regions. And we've been given authority and power to do it in Jesus' name. Amen? Look at somebody say, you have authority and power. You just got to get into the ring. You just got to get into the middle of the ring. You've, you've, you've already been declared the victor. See, the moment that Jesus hung on the cross and his blood was shed and he went into the grave and he, he arose victorious over death, hell, and the grave, let me tell you, at that same moment, whenever you believed on him, it's like, Wit, come up here. Can you come up here, Wit? Come on up here, Wit. Come on. Y'all give Wit a bit. Can you come on up here? Praise the Lord. Y'all give Wit a big praise God. The moment that wit believed upon Jesus, this is what Jesus did. He took his hand and said, you're the winner. He marches you into the ring and he says, you see those devils right there? Okay, go ahead and exercise my victory and my triumph over them. I've, I put weapons of warfare in your hand. Uh, now just start doing They're also in your feet. Your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Wit, all you got to do is just get into the ring because I've already declared, you see, I am the referee. I am the umpire. I am the one that makes the call on this. Uh, you know what? And I, there's no, the, the reality is you've got everything that you need to see the devil totally destroyed and annihilated. Y'all give with a big praise God and give the Lord a praise. Amen. You've already been declared the victory. Grab somebody's arm beside you and just lift it up. Just lift it up right now. And just say this, Jesus is declaring today. Come on, say it. Jesus is declaring today, you're the victor. Jesus is declaring today, you're the winner. Jesus is declaring today, you've got what it takes. Jesus is declaring today, uh, you've got what's needed. You will triumph every time, in every situation. The devil is a liar, and Jesus is Lord. And give the Lord a shout of victory today. Hallelujah. See, your neighbor's not identified as your, he's not the problem. It's devils. Satan. 
Diablo, whatever you want to call him. The one who comes to rob, steal, kill, and destroy, the thief. He is the one that is at the root of every situation that is adversarial. He is the one that is at the root of every problem that we have in our culture, our society, our state, our nation. He is at the root of every problem and situation that we have in marriages and families today. Can I tell you, drug addiction isn't the problems. It's devils that are driving people to do drugs. Can I tell you, before I came to church, I did all the drugs I wanted to do. You know, before I came to church, I smoked all the cigarettes that I wanted to smoke this morning. Before I came to church, I drank all the alcohol that I wanted to drink this morning. Before I came to church this morning, I did all the sinning that I wanted to do this morning. Can I tell you, I don't want to do any sinning. I don't want to do, drink any alcohol. I have no desire for a cigarette. Never even had one in my mouth my entire life. Hallelujah. I don't want to go puff on weed or anything like that. It doesn't even make sense. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, these are the things that demons and devils drive people to do. I'm not saying somebody is devil-possessed because they do it. I'm just saying it is the devil is behind it. He is at the root of it. If we will actually exterminate the root, we won't have the fruit. Right? If we exterminate the root, we won't have the fruit. And see, so, well, a lot of times what we're doing, this is going all over the place. But you know what? We're, we're, we're trying to fight the enemy with a weed eater. Right? We see a weed and we go, we knock the weed off. The problem is the root's still there. And I'm telling you, you won't ever actually see total deliverance and freedom until you get to the root of it. And by the way, if you've got a problem with drug addiction today, understand this. I'm not condemning you. I'm just here to tell you that God wants to deliver you. He wants to pull the root up out of your life so that will not even be a desire any longer. You know what? If you have a problem with a nicotine addiction, I'm not here to condemn you. I don't care how many packs of cigarettes that you smoked yesterday, and I don't care how much you're vaping or anything like that, but I'll tell you this much. The Lord will deliver you and set you free so you don't need a vape anymore, and you don't need a cigarette anymore. You don't need that stuff that is hurting and harming your body. Amen? Doesn't matter what kind of addiction you have, my friend. I'm telling you what. Jesus saves, heals, and delivers. Amen? And the power of his name will liberate the person that is bound as much as somebody could possibly be bound. So what Paul says here, y'all getting anything out of this? We're commanded, as he says, take up the whole armor of God. He didn't say take up natural weapons. He didn't say go on Facebook. Right? He didn't say get out there on social media. By the way, Facebook is not your weapon of warfare. Right? TikTok's not your <laughs> weapon of warfare. Right? Instagram's not your weapon of warfare. You know, you specifically identify some of your weapons of warfare. And I will tell you what they are not. They're not the natural weapons many times that people are trying to use. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of the social media avenues or anything like that, but what I am telling you is this. You have to recognize what your weapons really are. See, a lot of times your weapons are used the most when nobody sees it whatsoever. 
When I get on my knees or I'm walking around in my house and I'm praying and I got my hands up and I got lifted up and I'm declaring, devil, I bind you. You can't have this. This belongs to the Lord and I'm taking dominion. Nobody's seeing that, but you know what? The person that really counts is actually seeing it at that moment in time. And I'm waging warfare in the realm of the spirit. When I begin to plead the blood of the Jesus, hallelujah, you devil, you cannot cross this line. There is a bloodline here right now. And devil, you can't cross this line. This is my property. This is what God has given me. And devil, you can't rob, you can't steal, you can't kill, you can't destroy from me and my family in the name of Jesus. Amen? Nobody sees that many times. But that's whenever the greatest warfare is actually being conducted. You're not going to be, I'm going to be a social media warrior. Well, have fun. I'm not saying you can't say anything. I do. I have, I have pages that I put up. You know, I do all kind of things. <laughs> I had somebody tell me today that they appreciated the, some of the pictures that, that I had posted of what I looked like when I was 17 years old. But anyway, that's not spiritual warfare, though, my friend. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? So we're commanded to take up the armor of God, not the armor of the flesh. The armor of God is only effective against spiritual enemies. It is not effective against natural enemies. The armor of God is not, God didn't give you the sword of the spirit so you can chop off your neighbor's head, right? God didn't give you the sword of the spirit so that you can try to use it in a way to destroy or annihilate somebody else. Listen, the word of God is intended to build up, to make strong, to bring deliverance and freedom, not annihilate people. Paul said, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. We don't war like other men do. We don't war as other people do. We live in another kingdom. We live in the kingdom of God. Yes, thank God, we're citizens of this great nation. How many glad you're citizens of the United States? Aren't you thankful for our great nation? Let me tell you, one of the reasons our nation has been great is because there's people that have been praying, hallelujah. There's people that have been warring in the spirit for years, right? There are people that have, you know, interceded. And, you know, that's, I believe, there's all sorts of things that we could say. But at the end of the day, I'm telling you what, you can have principles of freedom and you can have principles of liberty. But if you don't have any prayer to go along with that, you don't have any intercession to go along with that. You don't have any spiritual warfare to go along with that. Let me tell you what, at the end of the day, the nation will go down. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? It's not merely the principles of freedom that are going to keep a free nation free. It's the reality of beginning to use your spiritual weapons of warfare. And I, don't, I won't dig any farther into that. We cannot win in spiritual warfare with natural weapons or targeting the wrong thing. Spiritual enemies can only be overcome with spiritual weapons. Verbally attacking people on social media is not going to produce breakthrough in your life, I guarantee you. And by the way, it definitely will not produce breakthrough in their life. The only thing it does is you release your venom, okay? And that's not what you're called to do. Identifying an issue is not spiritual warfare. Nothing necessarily wrong with that, but that's not spiritual warfare. Using the word to combat the issue, now that is spiritual warfare. Amen? See, you have to make a decision. I'm not going to be one who reacts to everything that I read. I'm going to use the power of God to change the situation. Can somebody say Amen. Now, I don't have time to get into all the different weapons of warfare, but I want to talk specifically this morning. Give me another five, ten minutes real quickly 
I want to talk about waging warfare with the prophetic promises that have went over your life. Because what Paul actually said to Timothy, he says, this, uh, 1 Timothy 1.18, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. What is he talking about? He's talking about the prophetic word. Prophetic words that you have received. Things that have been declared over your life. How many of you have some prophetic promises that have been made and been declared over your life? Maybe some things over your family. How many have some prophetic promises that have been made over your life? How many? Kyle, during worship, I felt the Lord say, Son, I'm the God of the turnaround. And God says, I'm turning some situations around. And so I'm turning some things even in the natural around. And God says, I'm going to bring healing and I'm going to bring wholeness. And the Lord said, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And the Lord said, I'm going to do what man said could not be done. But the Lord says, My arm is not too short and my hand is not weak. But the Lord says, I'm extending my hand and I'm extending my arm to you this day. And the Lord says, Even in Boshaha, the Lord says, Even as there have been those who have interceded, even as those that have combated the forces of hell. For the Lord says the enemy has sought to sift you like wheat, but the Lord says even the prayers of the saint and even the prayers of your family, the Lord says have stood strong. And the Lord says, and the enemy has been pushed back. And God says you're going to experience a new revival, a new fire, says the Spirit of the Lord, and I'm going to release within you. And God says, I am cutting off the things and the, the things that have held you. The Lord says, I'm cutting them off the Lord said they will hold you no longer. The Lord said this is a day of liberty. Lift your hands and know that I am bringing freedom and deliverance to you, says the Spirit of grace, says the Spirit of the Lord. God says a new day. You're entering into a new day. You're entering into a new day. You're entering into a new day, says the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't know who all is praying for you. But you need to be thankful that somebody knows how to get their weapons of warfare out and fight for you. God only knows who all was praying for me. God only knows who all was praying for you. God only knows who all kept you from death, a premature death. God only knows who actually kept you from actually going into a life, a dismal life, a life of being broken, a life of being heartache, a life of all of these things happening in your life. My friend, thank God. I thank God I had a, I know my granny. She prayed, praise the Lord. My mom and dad told me, well, how did I get off on this? My mom and dad told me that whenever I was real little, my granny would sit and pull me in her lap and would pray and would tell. And I didn't know this till after I was grown. And she said that God, said God's called him into ministry. I, you know, I, it's something I never even wanted to do. You know, she said I was called to, I was going to preach. I was going to be a preacher. You know, my granny was prophetic and didn't even know it, probably. Maybe she did. I don't know. Found out later on, my great-grandmother was actually involved in starting churches all throughout the panhandle of Florida. Back whenever a female apostle was not even allowed, she had another gentleman that she was able to travel with to make it uh, legitimate, shall we say. Praise the Lord. But anyway, the, but the reality is, you know, God only knows who prayed for me. God only knows who prayed for me while I was in the womb. God only knows who prayed for me. They were fighting for my life. They were fighting. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Today, right now, Josiah is here because you know what? He had parents that fought for him. He had grandparents that fought for him. 
Are y'all following what I'm saying? Somebody was willing to go in there and pray whenever he was still born and nothing, there was no air, no breath, no heartbeat for two minutes. He laid on the table and he was totally gray. God resurrected him. You know why? Somebody was fighting for him. Somebody was using their weapons of warfare. The doctors, they didn't know what to do. They're limited in what they can do. Less than 1% of babies that are born the way that he was born even live to tell about it. But praise God, he's here right today on the front row worshiping and praising God because somebody was willing to take a spiritual weapon of warfare and begin to fight. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? In the name of Jesus, breathe. Devil, you can't have my inheritance. There's a bloodline here. How dare you? How dare you even touch? How dare you even touch what God has given to me? I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I, the blood is all over me. Hallelujah. How dare you? Y'all excuse me while I get a little excited. But when you experience a resurrection, when you experience the power of God, when you experience something happen in your life because you were willing to fight, you got to fight. Look at somebody, you got to fight. Somebody say, you got to fight like hell. No, you got to fight hell. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? There's a difference. I'm fighting the forces of darkness, I'm fighting the forces of hell. Praise God. Somebody, our daughter Kayla, I know many of you know the testimony. We had to fight for her. The doctor said, you have a blighted ovum. We had prophetic words about how that we were going to have a daughter who'd be a dancer in the house of the Lord. We had prophetic words stating all these things and, you know, being prophesied. You know, and we came to the point where, man, you know, started bleeding real heavily. We had to take the word of the Lord and we had to begin to fight with it. We had to war a good warfare with it. Some people said, you're crazy. Some people said, you know, you don't know what you're doing, but you know what? I had a promise that I was fighting for. I had a promise that I was fighting with. I was taking the sword of the spirit and beginning to wield it because I recognize that my, listen, I'm not fighting against flesh and blood right now. What I'm fighting against is principalities and powers and the darkness of this world that's trying to steal and rob from me right now. And I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, you will live and not die. You will live and not die. Let me tell you, every night, we'd, you know, and every day, we would get up and we'd declare that when she was bleeding real heavily and the doctor said, you have a blighted ovum, you're miscarrying everything, but you don't understand, I have something greater than the doctor's report. I know the doctors are just diagnosing by what they see and we thank God for doctors. It's wonderful and great. That's the way they're trained. They diagnose by what they see, but I had something greater. I had what I believe. I had the word of the Lord. I had a weapon of warfare that would prevail in the midst of the situation. You will live and not die. You will live and not die. You will be a dancer in the house of the Lord. Lord, our daughter will be born. She will live and not die. I declare life to your womb. I declare all the bleeding must stop. And you know what? About a little over a month later, all the bleeding stopped, went back to the doctor, and all of a sudden they were surprised. There's a heartbeat that's there. December 6, 1988, our daughter was born. You know why? Because we were willing to fight. We were willing to take our weapons of warfare and say, devil, you can't have what belongs to us. You got to get up in the middle of the situation and you got to get in the face of hell and say, devil, you can't have what belongs to me. I'm taking it back in the name of Jesus. I'm taking my weapons of warfare and I'm using it against the enemy. Would you stand to your feet today? Hallelujah. 
How many say, I'm going to take my weapons of warfare? There's some of you this morning, there's been things that the enemy has come to rob from you. There's things that the enemy has come to steal from you. But I'm telling you that the Lord is wanting you to rise up today in the power of the Holy Ghost. Take up your weapons of warfare. Listen, just uh, there's so many different weapons that... The arsenal that God has given us is very vast, but understand this, the Word of God is your first and your primary weapon that God's given you. How many of you this morning say, Pastor, I'm gonna take the weapon of warfare that I have. Come on, just take the sword of the Spirit right now. I want you to just, just as a prophetic gesture, just raise, raise up your hand right now. And I want you to declare this in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I take up my weapons of warfare. I take the promise of God. Every promise that has been declared, every promise that has been made, I take up my weapon today in the name of Jesus. My promise, my promise will surely be fulfilled. I break off every power of hell, every power of darkness in the mighty name of Jesus. I take up my weapons of warfare and I say, devil, no, you can't have can't have my family, can't have my sons, can't have my daughters, can't have my spouse. I break off every power of hell and I declare in the name of Jesus, every promise, every promise will be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. I wield the sword today. I wield the sword today. I wield the sword today. I declare in the name of Jesus that our area, that our region is being transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the power of the Word. We declare revival, breakthrough, restoration, shalom in Jesus' name. Lord, we lift our hands and we give you glory and we give you praise. Now give him a shout of victory. Hallelujah. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.